Welcome to episode 17 of Flights. Football. And anything else. I'm Dave. I'm Mike. How you doing, Dave? Better than most. Still not as good as some, though, Mike. How you doing? Uh, confused. Uh, I think the vast majority of our previous 16 episodes, Dave, have been done on a Sunday. I think the, maybe a Monday once in a while early on. But every other one's been Sunday. We're coming to you at our respective South and North studios on a Saturday afternoon. I, I, hey, holidays throw things out of whack, but the show must go on and we're going to get her done. So Saturday afternoon, a little out of whack. I'll wake up tomorrow thinking it's Monday. Yeah, well, yeah, you actually might. Um, nice day, though. Very nice. Yep. Uh, <laughs> nice, cool weather. I like this. Ruby and I go for a walk. And not as many people are out because most people don't like to go out unless it's 150 degrees. <laughs> I like to go out when it's 50 or lower. And you get a nice right. Just walk going to, you know, get up the core temperature and we'll be fine. Yeah. Hey, uh, what about, go ahead. No, you go ahead. What about what? No, I was going to say, what about our first, uh, first tasting? Oh, yeah. Uh, all three of our selections tonight, courtesy of Mike Kerchek. Call-outs work, Dave. I tell you, last week I called him out. Today, Mike, where are, those, where are those beers you brought me back from Ohio, buddy? You know, he was holding out. He, you know, even pre, uh, pre-shutdown, he had these beers ever since. And it was like, you know, took a call-out to get him to come to the table, but come to the table he did. Uh, first one on the docket, Hope Flows from Collision Bend Brewing Company from the Flats in Cleveland, Ohio, which – the flats, Dick Fisher and I were planning on going a couple of weeks ago, but obviously plans. Yeah, plans change, whatnot. Uh, it's a cold style ale, 5.2% alcohol, 19 IBUs, with an untapped rating of 3.56. And it'll be interesting. This is our second Kolsch. Correct me if I'm pronouncing that wrong. What is, am I saying the pronunciation of Kolsch right? If you're here in America, yes, you are. All right, perfect. Well, I, I am in America, so I, <laughs> it's all good. Last week, our first Kolsch that we tried on the pod, I was a 258, you were 280. wasn't horrible, but probably lower middle rankings for us. So yeah. Let's, let's yeah. hope Collision Bend from uh, – or not Collision Bend. Actually, it's Hope Flows. Let's hope Hope Flows. Hope Flows Eternal. Yeah. Let's crack this bad boy open and give her a whirl. Using the pod sanctioned mug as the repeat from last week. I am as well. Color is just a normal, you know, your normal Budweiser, Miller. Lager ale. Yep. So, ooh, a little bit of a scent to it. Mm-hmm. So why don't, why don't let's say we try this bad boy? All right. Cheers. Cheers. Hmm. Doesn't have the uh, uh, flat Heineken taste that. Uh, repeat did last That's what week. I was going to, yep. Got a little more flavor to it. A little richer, I think. Um, a rich Green. flavor. You still, you still taste that German, uh, the German beer taste to it, but a little rich, deeper flavor than last week's did. Well, and that's what, when I was kind of researching this style, you know, that's what they were saying. It's supposed to have what you're just describing. Um, a little richer uh lager ale combo taste to it and that's what i'm getting here yeah i like it all right um current you know still not not a lot of sports going on obviously but i did read uh one of the many suggestions that's pouring into major league baseball because obviously at some point you would think restrictions are going to be lifted personally i don't think it'll be april 30th which are current uh, restrictions are, but I, I don't think you can put a six, eight, ten week 
restriction on people without them going bonkers. So, um, but MLB clearly listens to the pod because in episode 15, I gave out a pretty good idea of how they should do a shortened season. You were spot and on. Spot on. And the one that uh, Bob Nightingale reported, I'm, I'm kind of scratching my head whether I like it or not, but there's a radical plan. Um, one of many that they've thrown out, there, there will be no American or National League. It's going to be called the Grapefruit League and the Cactus League. Three divisions of five teams in each, uh, in each league. And what the, the teams will do is they will play in their spring training sites. Um, I won't spend a lot of time, but just real quick, the Grapefruit League North is the Yankees, Phillies, Blue Jays, Tigers, Pirates. The Grapefruit League South, which is what I will be following, is the Red Sox, Twins, Braves, Rays, and Orioles. The Grapefruit League East is the Nationals, Astros, Mets, Cards, and Marlins. Switching over to the Cactus League, you have the Northeast League, which is the Cubs, Giants, Diamondbacks, Rockies, and A's. The West is the Dodgers, White Sox, Reds, Indians, and Angels. The Northwest is the Brewers, Pirates, Mariners, Rangers, and Royals. And the pro to this is there are 26 parks available, including three major league domes, Tropicana Field, Marlins Park, and Chase Field where the Astros play, which, by the way, I have seen a ball game in all three parks. And if you want my ratings of those three, Chase Field is the best of the three. The lowly trot is much better than the – overpriced very expensive marlins park but that's a side note uh they're talking implementing the dh would be league-wide and you know so all teams would use a dh which i know brandon king just jumped off a cliff <laughs> on that because he hates the dh but sorry brandon if you're gonna do it you know you gotta go all in so um it surely re reduces travel because all those uh, two years ago, we went to a spring training site, and the parks are kind of close together. So that right there, like it or love it, leave it, lump it. What do you think, Dave? I think what they did was it's it's not that radical. This is what we talked about. Uh, the NBA was going to model what the Chinese were going to do with their professional basketball league when they talked about satellite sites. And I mentioned uh, a pot or two ago how ESPN was reporting that the NBA was thinking about uh, two to three satellite venues and kind of quarantining or sequestering, you know, the players in those or around those venues. Um, they were talking about it still again this week, you know, whether they could test all the players uh, and not have any, you know, public backlash because if testing's not available, you know, for people who are actually sick, um, are you going to take testing time and kits away from the public, you know, so that the professional leagues can, you know, play their games? That's, that's one issue. But this is, this is the same model where you've got pretty much two satellite locations, uh, one in Florida and one in Arizona, right? Right. Well, I mean, there's 26 parts, but uh, the, but, the Cactus League actually. But they'll all be in within that area, right? Oh yeah. Well, the the Grapefruit League, there is a little bit of transportation because you got to go from Tampa to Miami, which is clearly doable because we actually you did it. you did it. Yeah, so, <laughs> it, it, it made for a long day, but we actually did it. So especially um, if you were in the back seat. Yes, for sure of a uh, convertible Mustang, which. Uh, I had to go in the back seat because all, everybody in the car was taller than I was at that time. But, and yeah, that was this proposed schedule is also without the fans, you know. So they, I, so right. MLB must assume that this isn't that sports aren't going to be ready. So, and my take is, all right, you do it this way. Is there an asterisk? Let's say uh, the Grapefruit League champion Minnesota Twins faces the Cactus League champions Cleveland Indians, and the Cleveland Indians beat the uh, Minnesota Twins in the World Series. Is there an asterisk by this? Because it's 
Um, I'm going with the, uh, I'm going with the, what comes to mind is the, the movie Hoosiers. When the, when the guys walk into the, the state finals stadium and coach measures off the free throw line and the height of the basket and, you know, everybody's got to, it's exactly what we've played on before. Everybody's got to play on the same, on the same surface. So if the bases are the same distance apart and, you know, everybody's playing under the same guidelines and, you know, a team comes out to be the best team. Yeah. No, I don't think you put an asterisk by it. I mean, there's no, there's no special rules with bats or the ball or, Right. Well, the one special rule is there would be a DH with all games. Oh. And some of these parts. Yeah. They're the major league dimension. I mean, they are major league spring training sites. So, I mean, they're. I mean, it's not like you're playing in any parks that have like 150 foot fences or anything. It's nothing that radical. But, it, and obviously, what's driving is the almighty dollar. I mean, sure. Hey, yep. You know, this America's capitalism. And like, and like you pointed out last pot or maybe in the last two pods, it, it would give somebody three hours to like, all right, well, shit, I'm sitting at home doing nothing. And, you know, I've already went for three walks. Today. Oh, look at the twins are on TV today. Oh, heck yeah. No, it'll, it'll provide for a good – I mean, it has some benefit to it for sure. So I'd like to hear some other ideas, but I think Major League Baseball just went a little deeper because all I was doing was shifting one National League team to an American league or American league team to a national league team. And they revamped the whole thing and just kept the uh, spring training sites alive. Um, two uh, RIPs. One serious. Uh, um, I can't remember if it was the Monday or the Thursday edition of spit and chicklets, my favorite podcast. Yes, even better than this podcast, Dave. I like spitting chicklets better. It's, I understand. It's a, it's a much it's a much more professional. Say that with while you're drinking. <clears throat> and early on one of those, the Monday or Thursday episode, they mentioned that Oilers forward, twenty five year old Colby Graves, Colby, well, Colby Cave, was in a medically induced coma because he had some bleeding on the brain. And earlier this morning, he had passed away. So rest in peace, Colby. Um, and the, now let's, this podcast is all about funs and shits and giggles. So the other rest in peace obviously goes to the second version of the XFL. <laughs> so, um, right. I really get into the particulars. Is the shutdown all COVID related? Do you think? I mean, because Christ, they don't even start till March. They're, I'm sorry. Their, their season starts in February. Obviously guys got to get practicing in December, January, whatever. But I mean, to shut her down already, like, ah, oh, the hell with it, we're done. Well, I've, somebody did some math. Um, yeah, you can, you can lie with math, but um, somebody probably did some math, what it was costing them for uniforms and players. And, and I'm assuming the, uh, the credits outweighed the debits, or excuse me, the other way around, the debits outweighed the credits. Um, and trying to project how many fans they might get or contracts in the future. I don't know. Somebody could have been optimistic and said, mm, I don't know. It's a good question. I, I, I needed to think about that one more uh, off the top of my head. I mean, you know, they were, they were starting to open up the second balconies in some of those locations. Right. Now that's they weren't. What I mean. that, that's they, what I mean. I think there's some interest was taken. It's like, I understand why they, they stopped the season, obviously, how they didn't even do March Madness, which is far bigger event than XFL football but yeah like you just said I mean I mean there seemed to be some growth in the shutdown I get but to all of a sudden say ah to hell with it we're done yeah I, yeah yeah they must have maybe they were already in talks for next year for contracts tv contracts and you know the networks weren't budging or or something to that degree uh if they were bleeding money this year and just didn't want to bleed that much money or any money the following year. That's a possibility. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it seemed like there was some decent growth. The odd thing is, is the NFL is talking about if they have to go fanless in the fall um, as part of their B plan or C plan, you know, they're, they're thinking about incorporating some of the ideas that the XFL had in terms of miking up more people, maybe some coaches or some players during the game, 
um, I kind of liked it. It it seemed to you know grab your in- interest, keep you engaged in the game a little bit more. Oh, I agree. Um, just like the original XFL, with the camera over the field, that was that was an XFL thing. Um, you want to rate Hope Flows, Dave? Yeah, let's do it. I do. All right. I will give it – I like this a lot. It, it, a much richer flavor than repeat from last week. And I'm going to go above the untapped ranking of 3.56. I'm going to go a nice solid 3.70. In your lager, ale, or if we have enough of these, our Kolsch-style beers – um, I may retract this in the future. I'm not sure, but I really like this a lot. I'm going to go 4.0. That's I'm going all the way to four. Look at there. Hey, I, I won't even, I, I won't even argue with you on that. A, your taste and my taste are different. And B, I liked it a lot myself, and I, you know, I may have sold it a little short on three point seven, but I'm going to stick with my gut instinct, go three point seven. Three point seven is a nice solid. I would definitely, if I was in the flats, you know, and when fish and right. I go opening day, June sixteenth of twenty twenty, and we make it down to the flats, I'm going to ask for, hey, you got hope flows because it might it might even be awesome on tap. Well, that's what I was thinking too. If I ever, if I got to Cleveland to visit my friend Brad, I would, uh, I would definitely. If we got to the flats, I was gonna order some of this up. And like well, I said, I wasn't, I wasn't saying I might have, I might have rated it too high because of your rating. I'm just saying because the one we had before, I didn't really care for, and this oh, one is so much yet. better. You know yeah. what I mean? So, oh, yeah, I didn't like, I didn't like last week's at all, and that's why when I saw this was. I was a little, I was almost disappointed, Mike, for bringing us a Colts friend because <laughs> I'm like, oh, I didn't even like last week's at all, but I really like this one. So, well done, Kirk Daddy. Totally redeemed yourself. Second beer we got on the docket from Kirk Daddy, Mike Kerchek, fellow listener. I don't know if he's really a fellow listener, is he, Dave? Because you know, I don't. We're not listeners; we're the host. So, listener, Mike Kerchek. <laughs> Second beer he gave us is I Don't Like Mondays. Well, who does? From the Fat Orange Cat Brewing Company out of East Hampton, Connecticut. It's an IPA at 7.5% IBUs in a, and an untapped version, a stout 3.85. No, this is not a stout. The rating was stout. This is not a stout. It's an I'm, glad you, I'm glad you clarified that. Thank you. Let's get crack this bad boy open. I like the cans. It, uh, I like it a lot. Got a big fat orange cat looking at the sign. I don't like Mondays. Well, he's got a he's got a human like mask on that's kind of pointing at his computer like he's at work. Yes, or she. It could be a she. True, true. Well, as you pour that, you get the orange notes, don't you? Big time. Pour it into my not a big deal glass. I give I give all these spit and chickless bumps. They better give me a something. Yeah, I've got my uh, my Pelferth, which sounds like pilfered, which is what you did. You pilfered this glass from a from a restaurant bar in France. That's what we did. So, uh, oh yeah, it was actually an Irish pub. So, oh. Let's give this. Let's give this a whirl. The smell. I'm. Have you smelled this? Yes, I'm looking forward to it. It smells delicious. Holy cow! Here we go. Oh, cheers! Cheers! Wow! Different. Um, it's got the orange taste, but then after goes past the palate a nice ipa bitterness to it yeah for sure not a lot lot of bite no yeah i had to take a solid second drink to make sure no this is this is a second winner what say you 
I, yeah, like it a lot. Um, I've got I've got two questions about the can though. Hold on. Let's go ahead. <laughs> the can's very interesting. So two things. Number one, have we talked about or have we seen this twelve percent beer project? There's a little orange, like a little orange printed tab. Yes, I, I noticed that as well. And I know we've seen it. I'm not 100% sure I know what it means, though. I was going to Google it before before the pod, but I didn't get to it. So I'm interested to see what that's all about. Maybe some people can tweet us on that one and, and uh, let us know what that's about. And then the second thing is, did you notice on the desk? So the cat has its head on the desk with the human being mask pointed at the at the work computer do you see yes. what's on the edge of, what's mjk cpa that I don't, um we'll have to look that up too i don't know what that is our listeners you can you can kind of look that up um i don't like mondays from fat orange cat brew company try to help us figure out what the what the mjk cpa stands for But uh, as we enjoy this pint, actually, I'm going to re-top off the not-a-big-deal glass, get rid of the rest of the pint out of the can there. New segment to the show, Dave. I thought with, in this state of canceling and postponing and suspending everything, let's call the uh, second segment This Day in Sports. And my day in sports is April 11th, 1947. Jackie Robinson became the first black player in Major League Baseball history. He played in an exhibition game for the Brooklyn Dodgers. So now, all of you, all you millions of listeners out there are going to say, well, wait a second, Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier on April 15th. Today's April 11th. This is an exhibition game. And he was still the first African-American player on that field in an exhibition game. So, actually, his debut was before his debut. It just wasn't in the records because it was an exhibition game. So, suck on that. Yeah, details matter, right, Mike? Exactly. I won't be called out on my own pod, damn it. <laughs> All right, so my turn? Yes, your turn. Okay, so what I have in 1965, <clears throat> I guess I should preface this with the fact that uh, the Masters for the – What's that? 60 or 60? 60? 65. All right. 1965. But I want to I say before I, I said this was uh, this weekend is typically Masters weekend. And – for whatever reason, even if you're not a golf fan, for some reason, or for a lot of reasons, the Masters team, the Masters tends to draw people in. Um, you know, a lot of people like to watch it. Generations, maybe just because it's played at the same place every year, year after year. This is the first time they haven't played it. Um, I'm so one of those people, Dave. Pardon me? I'm one of those people. I can't golf with the shit, but... I do tune in the Masters, especially if on the last day it's still up in the up in the air. Right, right. Which is funny you say that with my this day in sports. 1965, Jack Nicholas wins his second green jacket, second of six green jackets, with a tournament record of a four-day score of 271, which is minus 17 under par, beating Gary Player and Arnold Palmer by a record nine strokes. Now, fast forward 32 years later. Good sound effects. In 1997, Tiger wins the Masters, okay? Sets three records, four records. Well, four rec three records and a, not a record, but a first. Um, first non-white player to win the Masters. Youngest player to win the Masters. He was 21 years old. He beat the field by 12 strokes, beating Jack Nicholas's nine strokes, and set the course record, or the, excuse me, the tournament record, not the course record, the tournament record at 270, a minus 18 under par. 
absolutely destroyed everybody. So I don't know if you remember in 1997, did you turn it off because Tiger pretty much had won, you know, by nine holes. But, you know, he didn't even, you know, he'd strolled through the – Yeah, I'm not asking you to recall 1997. I don't know if that made your brain hurt or anything. Oh, you said he strolled through the. And oh, and you're, you're waiting for me to finish. Maybe I had the senior moment. I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I I remember his first in. Uh, Tiger Woods is the Notre Dame of golfers for me. I don't gotcha. like. Him. I never liked him. And right. Yeah, Shelly can't. Shelly can't stand him either with him, you know, pounding his club and pitching a fit and whining and crying a little bit. But I tell you what, I, whether I like him or not, I guess I respect him that much. Just, you know, growing up playing the game. Cause if you can, and I, I know you'd probably don't remember this or know this, but, uh, uh and, and, and of course right now I'm not coming up with it off the top of my head, which tournament it was, but he had a boulder, not a rock, a boulder, huge huge boulder in front of his ball and they deemed it a loose impediment. So then he was able to, by rules, he talked some of the gallery into coming out there. Like there was three or four guys and rolled this boulder out of the way and it became a big stink for a while. But you know, just anybody that kind of commands that kind of, you know, Hey guys, can you move this boulder for me? I got a loose impediment in front of my, golf ball and I'd like to be able to hit it and you get a bunch of guys scramble out there and risk a hernia moving moving a big rock for them but anyway that's my day in sports what do you got what else do you got give me something else. I, like, I like it you know hey you know I mean there's I think you know April might be a tough month for sports I mean although like you said especially this particular weekend is master's weekend um you know, in episode 18, we will be on April 18th. That's probably going to be some, maybe like a noted hockey championship or early season baseball lore, if you will. Um, one thing that's, we'll never really get the fix, that we'll never get the bottom line, because there's no way to track this. But uh, COVID-19's had one hell of an impact on the economy. Would you not agree with that? Totally. So what do you think the effect on the world's oldest profession has been? <laughs> I mean, oh, now, boy. A second, that's a legit question because do you think there's people out there saying, you know what? Don't matter. I got to do it. Or do you, are they shutting? Because I've never seen it. Any of the governor's orders or state orders worldwide, not worldwide, countrywide, statewide, citywide, where ladies of the night have to be shut down because that's actually not a group of 10. It's not even a group of five. Typically, it's a group of two. Right. Right. So do you think, so do you think that? What has it done? Or do you think people are just like, you know, I'm getting mine, I don't care? Or do you think ladies of the night, have their business has suffered because of this? Oh, I'm sure it's suffered a little bit. Um, but how, you know, people that use those services, how conscientious are they? I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, hmm. See, that's that's one of those financial figures. We'll never, we'll never know the true bottom line of that department, will we? I don't think, I don't think we will. I don't think they keep a lot of data on that. That might be an interview we got to get in the works. Lawanda, Lawanda, and Third and Tuscola. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, it, it probably impacted it a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> How could you? You know, the, the, I, the entire world is wearing a mask. How do you seek a lady of the night to get up close and personal? I mean, it's almost had to bankrupt this business. Well, what was I? No, um, I was listening to, okay, so we were at the local grocery store. We were checking out, 
<clears throat> okay. Of course, I had my mask on, and they had the big plexiglass shield, and, you know, it's it, – I'm pretty soon they'll have, like, one of those hazmat – <laughs> we'll have one of those hazmat tunnels. Um, hey, what are you doing? What are you calling me a pussy when last week you're like, hey, I understand, you know, to each their own. Uh, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't like Mondays really hitting the spot. That's what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we're checking out. And the person in the next, the next checkout over, they were talking and um, the – the lady worked at the county courthouse and the cashier said, Oh, you guys are still working. And she goes, Oh my God. Yes, I absolutely. I'm still working. She goes, well, what, you know, what's going on? What are you seeing? Cause there doesn't seem to be a lot of people out doing stuff. And she's seeing, we're seeing a, a massive increase in domestic violence cases. And I know, you know, and, and uh, I'm not sure. I don't know if this was anecdotal or if it was actual data, but, um, you know, there seems to be a slight uptick in divorces filed. Um, so would that then lend itself to the particular service industry that you're referring to? No, no, because people are so petrified. You think Lawanda's going to let you spray you know spray washer down before <laughs> services are rendered because i certainly don't so i think i think you know i think it's a tough it's a tough road on that it on would that be a tough road everybody everybody is absolutely paranoid and it's like well i mean you can't even do that i mean this is almost gonna have to turn into a solo mission if you know what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> it could, but, you know, as far as what the movies portray, um, you know, the pimps and the people running that industry, you know, they might be, you know, I don't, you know, what COVID? Get out there, bitch. You need to, you know, blah, 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 blah. Well, that's what I'm saying, but I'm talking about, yeah, you know, she may be out there, but I'm just saying there, there can't be any customers. If you can't pick up a box of macaroni and cheese, you ain't getting intimate with Lawanda on third school. There ain't no way. I mean, there's just no way that's happening. Right. Yeah, true. Yeah. If you're wiping down all your groceries before you bring them into the house, there's not a chance. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So I mean, this is the world, the world's oldest profession. I think that's proof. That's a proven fact. The world's oldest profession is in jeopardy of going belly up. Literally. Yeah, well, I don't know. I don't know if that would be a bad thing. All right, well, belly up or the going out. <laughs> the, All right, let's, let's, hey, let's, let's the industry going, going belly up before this gets off the rails here. Speaking <laughs> of getting off the rails, game night tonight on Zoom, which there's like seven couples. Which actually, if you think about it, it's like COVID has brought Zoom has brought. The COVID and COVID and Zoom together have brought like swing club. It's the swing club. COVID has brought swing club to Zoom. And you just only Mike Peters. Here. Only Mike Peters could make that connection between between well, COVID, sitting, Zoom, and swing club. You're sitting. You're sitting on your couch looking at your computer screen, and there's six other couples in front of you. Hey, let's say let's up the stakes, buddy. Or you could be sitting across the table from six other couples actually playing a game. Right, because nobody's ever get their, their stuff out. You know, but the inhibitions may be let go on Zoom. It's like, hey, look at this. Mike, are you imagining everybody naked? Is that where this is going? Or is that what, am I trying to, am I supposed to be reading between the lines? No, I'm, I'm kind of going full tilt right in front of your face. Okay, you, hes you hesitated, so I don't want to hear the end of this answer. <laughs> but I want to hear the your. Uh, I'm the host, but I rate first and third as the host. So you're gonna rate. I don't like Mondays first. Untapped rating is three point eight five. Spoiler alert: I think Untapped sold. I don't like Mondays short. Oh, big time! Yeah, I don't. I don't understand that rating at all. And I'm not just siding with you. I'm just, I'm, I mean, I'm siding with you, but I'm not doing it because, I, I mean, I just really, I am on the same page with you on that. 
I'm going to go f- – f- as, as, as far as the New England-style IPA is concerned, if I remember back to the other ones in that category that we've tried, I've got to go at least a four. If not, no, because I like the citrusy. This is um, this has got a very um, a very I don't want to say intense, but very good citrus taste to it. That's actually a good description. Intense. I'm going to go four point two zero. All right. Um, I'm going to piggyback off your statement of intense, and that's what it is. It's like the fruity flavor, which has been established in previous pods, that you like the fruitier beers. I like them, but not as much. And there's a there's a distinct orange flavor that I don't like Mondays. You know, so that would yeah. lead me to believe it's going to be a lower rating for me. But, like you said, there's an intense IPA punch in the gut that you really enjoy and want to continue to pound them 7.5 ounce, 7.5 ounce, 7.5%, 16 ounce. And I will see your 4.20 and go with a. 4.33. Wow. One of, that now ranks as Mikey my, likes it. In the top three, it might even be number one. I can't even remember what my number one. I think I might have a 4.5. But this is definitely in my top three. An orange flavor, but a, a punch right in the temple with a knuckle out. <laughs> that's, what, that's, that's where I'm going to put the I don't like Mondays. Because four of these. Boom, on the floor, out like a light, night over, see ya, love it. All right, all right. Yeah, I didn't I didn't get the punch in the temple with the knuckle out part, but I agree with everything else you said. And by the way, did you did you hear the uh, what's the reference to the Mikey likes it? Remember what that is? Life cereal? Oh my god, I thought I was gonna stump you for once. You got it. Oh well, fuck that. You know, you know, come on, that that's a fucking soft. That's a, a softball right in the wheelhouse. Big <laughs> okay. Well, I, I don't know. I, I was I just checking. I, I thought for a second you you I hesitated, and I thought, oh, good. I I get to stump him for once. And by the I way, even, I wasn't even a good baseball player, but I fucking drilled that down the line. <laughs> I've I've Googled those quotes from that other movie a thousand times, and I can't still figure out what it, the hell it's uh, from. All right, this is if you don't get it here, some of our listeners have got to help us out. Detective Mills, Detective Mills, Detective, I think you're looking for me. Get I have not, I have not ground. seen, I have not seen this movie. If, if that's a dead right, giveaway, here, if right, I'm supposed is, to know, I have not seen the movie. Here is, here is the dead giveaway. What's in the box? I haven't seen it. What's in the box? I haven't seen it. I'm telling you, I have oh, not seen this movie. Right. Like, I would have never done a podcast with you if you haven't seen this movie. Son of a bitch. All right. Anyway. You'll have to keep going. If you Google what's in the box, you'll get the name of the movie. And for our final selection of episode number 17 of Flights, Football, and Anything Else, we have Headhunter IPA from Batheads Brewery in North Olmsted, Ohio, 7.5%. Now, IBU found a discrepancy, Dave. Yep. The can listed at 80 IBUs, untapped listed at 87 IBUs. I'm going to go with what's on the can. We're going to say it's an 80 IBU. And the untapped rating is a stealth 3.97. And yes, I did use the word stealth out of context. I apologize <laughs> to our listeners. 
But oh, you already that's... used you already used stout and stealth starts with S, so you probably exactly. And I'm and, and I'm on the way to getting totally annihilated here, having been up since two fifty two this morning. And it's Saturday, and we usually do our pod on Sunday, and I'm all out of whack. So you just bear with me as we finish this thing up. But I'm really looking forward to this one day before we crack it open on the can. It says Headhunter is an aggressively dry hop. West Coast style IPA with a huge hop display of pine, grapefruit, citrus, and pineapple. I'll punch you in the mouth brew for those who truly love their hops. Uncivilized, aggressive, award-winning. I'm looking forward to trying it. So let's let's get it on. Going back to the pod mug. Yep. One of my better beer pours. I did a really dumb thing, and I started pouring it over the top of the laptop. That's a risky move. That's a risky move, Dave. Now, is it me, or does this have a little – because we're in the frosted mug, this, is, this has a little thicker haze to it. Yes. A little darker haze. Yes. All right, here we go. Cheers. Cheers. Yes. I think I'm, the the thing I like about this is is not not any one of those flavors in the description is overpowering. Exactly. I um this right here is i'm going to go ahead and say the beer equivalent of sex i mean i don't know if you could ever have too much head hunter <laughs> like you said i i guess if you had to pick the one flavor that the the pine flavor is probably the strongest of it but everything hits the palate and you taste all the wide array of the flavors, the grapefruit, the pine. Um, I don't know if I taste too much pineapple, but I'm, I'm going to guess that the pineapple, oddly enough, as one of the more acidic fruits, it kind of smooths everything over just enough so you're not you're, – this has a, a West Coast really good – strong IPA flavor, but the pineapple smooths it over so you're not going to get the, the bitter beer face. No, but you definitely taste an IPA flavor to it. Um, yep. uh, before we get into our random question, Dave, a little spoiler alert. Mr. Kerchak has provided us with oh, Mike. two batches of beers he brought back he he brought the pod uh one two three six different beers a pair of three different you know so we each got a beer tonight that's three beers and then he also has a six pack of three different beers one each and I'm, there's a lot of pressure on mr kerchick's second batch because this I first am, one was golden yeah, very good thank you mike um all right, Dave, random question. Well, let me, let me first. Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to interject something. Um, on the switchover, when we were getting out the next beer and changing the glasses out, I very quickly, you said it was a dead giveaway, so I plugged it in. And sure enough, this had come up in some of my other searches, but I finally found the movie you're talking about. And indeed, I have not seen seven. All right, well, like I say, you owe it to yourself to watch it. The one movie to yeah, 52 years young, the one and only movie I've sat through a movie theater by my lonesome. Well, technically it was me and another guy. He was about four rows up from us. The two of us spent a uh, 
Tuesday or Wednesday afternoon, a rainy day, I remember, because I was still merchandising at the time, and I had two days off in the week. So it was the two of us. I like to say it was a private showing, but the only movie I've seen in a movie theater by myself, and depending on the genre that you, I'm going to rank it in, it's my all-time favorite. It's definitely in my top five, regardless of genre. But like, if you're going to go with the mystery thriller, it's yep. a numero uno. All so right. Well, that, that's going to be the next movie on our docket. So well, you got to get around to watch it. I mean, and you know, I think Shelley will like it too. I mean, fantastic. And hey, you can never get enough Brad Pitt. <laughs> that's what she said. That's yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, all right, so today's random question. The one thing you could change about yourself, if you could, and no, being Ron Jeremy's stunt double isn't what I'm talking about. Yeah, all of us want to be six foot six, 250 pounds of rock solid sex appeal. That's, you can't do anything about that. I'm talking about something that if you would have done this or that, and a change you could have made here or there or this or that, that you could have legitimately changed and you wish you would have done. Now our wife's listening to this podcast. So, you know, you, that's, you, you may not want to back on those lines. One thing I would change about myself. That's not gonna, that's not, you know, over the top ridiculous, like you just suggested. Um, I don't know one thing I, I like one thing people do or do not know about me I, I guess those closest to me I guess I would like I would have increased my self-confidence a little bit more um in the sporting arena uh for some reason when I get in a into a into a competition you know my competitive yeah, I, my competitiveness takes over. And so then, you know, the will to win in that moment kind of takes over and, and it's not so much a, a matter of confidence. It's just at that moment, you know, I do what I got to do to try to win. So in the sporting arena, that's a little bit different. But just in life, um, self-confidence in knowing what I'm doing would have made some financial decisions I made earlier a little bit better. I guess that's where you're going with that. Maybe it would have, you know, if I could change that about myself, some decisions here or there would have been different. Is that where, is that kind of where you're going with that? Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that was along the lines I was asking. I'm not going that way with it. You are, but yeah, no, that's what I'm, I'm going that's with that way just because like yeah. Confident. Yeah, that's that's what I was looking for. Yeah, like like early on, and maybe a bunch of people can can empathize with this. But uh, back in you know the late '90s, early early 2000s, you know, I would have stayed in my first house, you know, knowing that it would have been probably a better decision based on education and income and stuff to pay that sucker off and then sell it once it was paid off. But we started drinking, drinking the same juice everybody else was as far as the economy and, you know, home prices and stuff like that. And we went and built our dream house, which was two and a half times at least, you know, the house that we were in at the time. And then the crash of 2008 happened and, you know, we finally succumbed to the fact that, hey, you know, we can't, we can't afford this. And so had to move and, it, you know, those, uh, that decision and, and a couple other smaller ones, I mean, you know, having the, having the background and, and knowledge that I had at the time, if I just would have been confident in that and stay in the course and doing what I should have done, that probably would have saved me I don't know, shit, 50 to 60, $70,000 would have been a little better decision. All right. Fair enough. Um, for myself, you were done, right? I'm done. Okay. 
I, I just want to just end your story and jump in before uh, you were done. For myself, it would have to be when I was a little bit younger, I wish I would have, I mean, you could argue maybe it's one of those things you have or you don't have, but I mean, I'm the guy that pays the neighbor kid 20 bucks to change his light bulb. I am, I am not handy in any way, shape or form. I, I, you know, I can't, I can fix, I can change a tire and that's about the extent of my. Sounds like uh, a confidence issue, Mike. Well, possibly that way, but I, I just don't, I don't know how, I'm not a tool. You know, you, you asked me for the Allen wrench. I'm like, <laughs> what's that? Which one's that? <laughs> <laughs> is that the one that looks like a star? Is that the one that, and you're not, you're thinking, no, that's a screwdriver, dumbass. And see, and that I, I literally, <laughs> I've heard of an Allen wrench, but I don't know what an Allen wrench is. Right. And a perfect example of this is uh, Chuck McPeak. Yes, I am a name dropper, but hell, if you can't drop names, what good is meeting people if you can't drop any names? Right. Um, I wanted to put cable in the boys' room, but I had no idea how to do it, and I didn't feel like going through charter to do it and everything. And oh, you do like the cable companies. You just punch a hole in the wall, run the cable outside the house, and then punch another hole back into the house. I'm just well, kidding. That pisses me off. That's basically, you know, and Chuck said, well, I can do that for you. No problem, whatever. So anyway, we're, uh, he comes over and he's, you know, he does this, he does that. And, you know, where do you want the TV? And I'm like, okay, well, this TV's in next room's going to go here. This TV in Justin's room's going to go here. All right, well, this is what we're going to do. And he's thinking, he's like, okay, let's do this. And then he's like, all right, we get the holes drilled. And then he's got the cable and a screwdriver. And he says, all right. And he's in Nick's room. And he's like, okay going to Justin's room and he puts the cable on the end of the screwdriver and says, I'm going to feed this to you in Justin's room. And when I put it through the hole, we just drill, just grab it. And then we'll come over and we'll get hooked up. I'll, I'll line it up under the cart and everything. And I'm thinking to myself, how much beer has this guy had to drink today? I mean, these rooms are 10 feet apart. How is he going to feed me this cable? on the end of a screwdriver in rooms that are 10 feet apart. I'm like, all right, well, whatever. But Hey, I asked him to help me. I'm going to assume he knows what he's doing. I'm, you know, all right, whatever. I mean, I think the guy's crazy, but yeah, sure. All right. He's all right. Are you, are you by the hole? And I'm like, yeah, go ahead. All right, here it comes. And like in three seconds, the cable is at the hole in the wall and I pull it through and I'm like, I was just amazed. I'm like, oh, this guy's like a, a, a you know, a, a, a wizard. He's a sorcerer. I don't, He's a cable how whisperer. Did just, how did he just do this? And I'm like, I'm, I'm thinking like there's had to be a magical trick to it. I'm like, God damn, I can't. And I finally said, how, you know, I'm like, how, how did you do that? He like, do what? I'm like, well, how did you get this through the, and he's like, well, the wall's only like an inch thick. <laughs> So the, 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 and I, cause, and I am so unhandy. I wasn't even thinking that, yeah, okay. The room, the doors to the rooms are 10 feet apart, but they share the same wall. That, I mean, so he, just, <laughs> he fed the cable through like maybe three inches. And I was just mesmerized. Like, how did he get that cable on the end of a screwdriver? <laughs> like, it was a snake like cable. Everybody knows what a cable for cable TV looks like. And, he, and I'm like, this guy's a fucking magician. I was amazed by it. And I'm like, oh. And, I, and then when he told me, I'm like, I felt like such an idiot. I'm like, yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, okay, yeah. You just went through the wall. You didn't go through door to door. But anyway, that's just how unhandy I am. And I, you know, I wish I would have had some automotive skills, some plumbing skills, some general home maintenance skills. I mean, obviously not to go enough to go into business, but to save me the two oh, yeah. $400 visits. Right. So that's what, if I could do one thing, that would be what I would do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally get that. Probably a lot of people get that. And I know, I know some other people, some other friends of mine that are, that uh, would probably pick the same thing. Yeah, I um <clears throat> excuse me. 
Um, I just coughed into my elbow, by the way. But, but hey, well, uh, even if you didn't, we're practicing social distancing, so you're good either way. Well, we are. We are. True, true. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding because I saw, um, I saw something. I, I saw a soundbite where some, some guy on CNN or something like that gave Joe Biden shit because he didn't cough into his elbow. If you, if, and they and they were a thousand miles apart. So, well, one thing, one last thing before we rate headhunter, and I'm not going to come off the rails like I did in '16 on the old COVID thing, but that's all right. You, I didn't take offense. You had, you know, you, you had your opinion. If you think about it, I really don't understand the end of the elbow. Oh, you I did our, say that. I know our listeners can't see this, but Dave and I are actually recording this on Facetime. And then we get it over to anchor and then, you know, yada, 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 but whatever. I, well, we don't, Dave does. And, um, but as Dave can see, I'm going into my, and look at all that gap there. I mean, isn't it much better to, if you, <laughs> what I just did, as opposed to into the elbow where it just sprays everywhere and shrapnels into everybody's eyes and everybody's down and everybody's just rolling around and like it, and they're dead. But, you know, so I, I don't like that. I like the no touching, don't touch your face, do this, do that, do this, do that, whatever you got to do. But the end of the elbow, I can't, I can't get my nose right. that far into my elbow. Well, Mike, listen, somebody that has that big of a bicep, it's usually pretty difficult to get your elbow, the inside of your elbow into your, into your face. Well, you know, at least you said it because otherwise it would be conceded <laughs> if I said it. Anyway, let's go ahead and rate Headhunter. I was first. You were first. Up to me now. Uh, you know what? Strange as it may sound, because I'm not the fruity flavor guy, I love Headhunter. I rate it. I don't like Mondays 4.33. I am going to give Headhunter a 4 point three zero in the smidge below i don't like mondays is simply because that enough of the orange flavor of i don't like mondays was enough to put that beer ahead of the headhunter ipa but liked it a lot thoroughly enjoyed it well this is where this is where, I mean, I'm going to rate this, <clears throat> excuse me, at a 4.15, and this is why. Uh, those of our listeners that have been listening religiously know that, you know, I'm, my palate lends itself more to the fruity flavors, so that's why the, the New England style which is kind of weird because if you if you kind of if you research it a little bit, the New England style isn't necessarily supposed to have the more intense fruity, you know, piney type of a taste. Um, it's supposed to be more in the aroma part of it. But this has got a great IPA taste. Uh, you know, the piney, uh, the, the more bitter for me, the more bitter part of an IPA comes out. No bitter beer face at all. But again, in terms of, you know, which one could, would I enjoy more of a second one, a third one of, you know, it would be the, it would be the, the, I don't like Mondays. But this is this is a really 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 close second. Um, I think it's the 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 pine and the grapefruit in this one that that gives it just a little more bitter IPA punch to it, as opposed to the New England one, uh, the I don't like Mondays New England style that had more of the orange, more of the 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 flat out, you know, the orange type um aroma and taste to it agreed but as i look down into my mug 
I think I might have one more drink left. <laughs> a drop? It, it, it was just a, a smidge above a drop. I am out of beer. And as a late great Stuart Scott once said, you ain't got to go home, but you got to get the heck up out of here. <laughs>